Welcome to Spirit in the Schools, a show revealing the Holy Spirit through self-gift and education. And now, here's your host, Mr. Zach Coyle. Spirit in the Schools. Welcome back, listeners, to Spirit in the Schools, where we reveal the Holy Spirit through stories of self-gift and education. I'm your host, Zach Coyle, principal of St. Vincent de Paul in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Today's episode is titled, Self-Control Can Be Taught. Last week, we looked at some programs and teachers at Bishop Dwinger High School that answered the question, can self-control be taught, with a definitive yes. Today, St. Jude's Catholic School staff and students affirm that same truth with a definitive indeed self-control can be taught. An amazing ministry they offer called Faith Families helps them do this. So I am thrilled to welcome three of my diocesan colleagues here to the show. Welcome, Mike Obergfell, Principal. Mike, it's great to have you on. Well, thank you, Zach. Glad to be here. Thank you so much. And Patty Bond, junior high theology teacher, welcome. Thank you. And Julie Glasses, third grade teacher, welcome. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Appreciate you all being with us. Well, for all of you, I think it's great for our listeners to hear a little bit about St. Jude's because, you know, we have uh, the blessing now on the Spoke Street platform of reaching the audience. So there might be people that really don't know Fort Wayne or know about St. Jude's. So we're going to ask you a little bit about there. Patty, I want to say you have the longest tenure at the school. Is that right? I'm the dinosaur. Oh, well, I wouldn't have used that, but I, I love it. Well, no, seriously. So that's a great place to start. So you having some wonderful experience. What's something you love about St. Jude's? And I'll ask you all the same, but yeah, Patty, St. We'll Jude is the classic neighborhood school. In fact, when I first got there, uh, students could go home for lunch mm. and then they come back. That's, wow. that's, the, that's the old throwback. But sure. it's nestled right in the heart of a very historic neighborhood. Uh, a lot of my students, I had their aunts, uncles, parents. Sure. Haven't, haven't gotten to grandparents yet. Okay. Hey, but there you go. <laughs> it's the, the families appreciate, love the education they receive at St. Jude. They send their children, their grandchildren, and it's a neat little continuity that you see through that. Amen. That's great. I So almost a year, and when you, when you said that, I felt that like innate response in my heart. I wish our world was like that, that we could you know, structurally that the houses were close enough and safety, all of it, that we could still enact that. But what a beautiful thing that you got to witness that. How, do you remember how long was lunch? I mean, this isn't our topic today, but it's worth just asking. The lunchtime was still the same. Okay, so they, they just, really had to hustle, They didn't right? have recess. Okay, sure. I mean, they they went home, they walked home, and, and these were very close uh, houses. It wasn't a mile away or anything. But sure. They could, they could go home and have a leisurely lunch and get back in time. No, that's they fun. They just wouldn't be out on the playground with it. That's great. Well, Mike, Julie, uh, same question for you. Something you love about St. Jude's. I think what drew me, drew me to St. Jude's was the sense of community. Um, I was a member of the parish after my husband and I got married long before I taught in the school. Great. Um, and I grew up in a similar situation, just smaller. So sure. The community definitely was something that I experienced firsthand and now I see in the classroom as well. Great. That is a beautiful thing. And really, you're both echoing that in, in the neighborhood school and then in the community. Uh, that's a strength for sure. It's wonderful here. Mike, do you want to add anything to it? Well, I just kind of want to go along with, with what Patty was saying. Um, uh, kind of a St. Jude is sort of an anchor in our neighborhood for about 93 years now. Our school's been there. Wow. So, um, and, and I, there, a lot of people have deep roots at, at St. Jude's. Mm -hmm. People come back. There's grandparents, great grandparents that that come in. Oh, I went to St. Jude's, and you know they'll they'll go back and down memory lane. Same with me. Uh, I grew up in the neighborhood. I live three blocks from school, and that's uh, pretty awesome. Right now, I live one block from where I grew up. Wow! And I went to St. Jude's. My, all my kids went to St. Jude's, uh, and it's kind of neat to be back. 
uh, at St. Jude. So, I mean, and that's, I'm not unique in that sense. There's a lot of families that, that have that, but, uh, but that, that wonderful, just neighborhood feel. Well, when we think about, you know, ultimately this is getting back to the kids learning self-control today, which we'll talk about more in a minute. But you think about that level of ownership that's multi-generational. Patty, you spoke about the parents, aunts and uncles. Mike, you grew up in the community and now are leading it. I mean, there's just something exciting about that. And I think a listener around the nation, when we ask ourselves as parents, what do we hope for from a school? That's got to be on the list for just about anybody that, you know, we feel known. We are known. We feel loved. And so there's some real strengths there. Well, we want to talk about faith families, and, and we're going to get to that. But I still should ask you all about the mission of the school, which, of course, any Catholic school is going to say Jesus Christ fundamentally is the mission. But I think it's really inspiring to hear the different wordings and, and the way we enact that more specifically. And just a sense of current enrollment. Um, you know, I think that's something that a listener can, can relate to as well. So I don't know, who wants to take the mission statement question? Do you have that? I Julie's got that. it, I think, right? <laughs> Uh, our mission statement is St. Jude Catholic School Community, a vital part of the St. Jude Catholic Parish, is dedicated to educating each child spiritually, intellectually, emotionally, culturally, and physically. Awesome. I, I think there's so much there that just immediately, I, I love the starting, a vital part of the St. Jude Parish community. Amen. There's such affirmation in that. I mean, firstly, you're affirming the students and the teachers and the staff with that. Really a, an embedded compliment. Um, but I, I, you were telling me an acronym, which will slightly get it differently from the way it was worded, but SPICE, right? So it was spiritually, physically, intellectually. Culturally. Culturally. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, kudos on the mission. That's awesome. What's uh, Mike, roughly, what's current enrollment? Uh, preschool to eighth grade, we're right around 375, 80 kids. Excellent. That's mm-hmm. great. All right. Well, what a joy. And just for a listener too, just background. So Patty, we, we noted that you were the most tenured. Before we came on the air, I think you've had 26 years at St. Jude's. Is that right? 26 at St. Jude. Yes. Congratulations. That's okay. awesome. And you shared with me too, you're teaching before then. So what a huge grace that is to see your commitment over these years to the students. That's wonderful. And certainly it's got to be fun to see, you know, a former student who is a parent or not or an uncle back in the community. Julie, how about you? How long have you been in? I'm in my seventh year at St. Jude. Excellent. That's wonderful. And you were telling me before, too, that you were home as a mom for a while and teaching before that. Yes. Wonderful to have you uh, back to it. You know, I'm sure there's been probably some changes along the way, but probably a lot feels really familiar, too, I would think. Definitely a little bit of both. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And Mike, how many years for you as, I mean, of course, you grew up in the community, but as principal anyway, how long have you been there? I've been at, this is my ninth year at St. Jude, so I've been principal for eight years. This is my eighth year as the as the principal. Awesome. Well, thank you for the background. Okay. So for our listeners, you know, when we think about self-control and I, one of the things that when I heard more about your program and I've been blessed in my own time to see schools that have a faith family model, you know, there's a lot of fruits of the Holy Spirit that you actually could rightly attach to it. You can see goodness in it. You can see children growing in patience. You can, I mean, you could really go through the list, but I really thought about self-control because there's so much in our world right now where people will want to miss that. You know, the news might miss that or just, you know, conversations around that we may have in our lives, there seems to be a hunger for where's, where's that motivation and that discipline. And certainly the world's been through COVID. We've had a lot of, you know, trauma and tragedy in that. So anyway, when I was thinking about what you've, uh, what Mike, especially you've given me a preview, and I'm so excited to learn more. What you're all doing with this, I thought, man, the opportunity to grow self-control and motivation. So, okay, our listeners hopefully are asking, well, what is faith? If they've never heard about it, I mean, I'm hoping we're getting them amped up, right? So, um, any of you, please take that question. So, so what do you do with faith families? How often are they meeting? What's happening during a faith family gathering? I would just like to interject right now is um, I hadn't heard 
of faith families. You know, we did some other things at, at St. Jude in the in the in the past where sure. we tried to to work. You know, kids from different grades with with each other, and then um, you know, Julie came to me and we were just chatting about it. What's a, a fresh thing that we could do to bring to St. Jude's? And she she mentioned faith families. She was familiar with the concept or the idea, and uh, Patty and she have worked. Um, really hard to to put it all together, and it's it's really a big project for what they do behind the scenes, just the organization of it. So, Thank you, Mike. Um, I I really appreciate what they've you know done done for this, and um, uh, I just want to give them all the credit for it, and then I'll let them kind of explain how it developed. Well, it's a joy just hearing the appreciation uh, you know that Mike has that I'm sure so many in the community feel and. Having been in one school that had this, you know, I, it is a huge amount of work. So kudos to you both. That's great. But for a listener that's never heard about it, so, so what's the concept? What are we doing with Faith Family? So the way that Faith Family works is we take one student from each grade or about every grade, depends on enrollment. Sure. And they're put together in a family. So the eighth grader is the leader. Then there's seventh grade through kindergarten. And they meet about once a month okay. um, to do a specific task that Patty works with the eighth graders um, to have them kind of formulate what that 45 minutes or an hour is going to look like. Great. So, again, if a listener's out there and has never heard of this, I mean, this is a pretty significant reconfiguration of what a school is kind of hardwired to do, public or non-public, right? So we, we tend to think in the way of grades, right? So, okay, I'm in, I'm in this grade, and however many classes there are per grade, that's, that's where I go. This really flips that on its head. So it says we're going to have an eighth grader, a seventh grader, so all the way down, right? So there will be a teacher, obviously, because we, of course, it's a school. So we have that for our learning, for our safety. Will the teacher, assuming that they're staying over the years, will they stay with that faith family over the years? Or does that change year to year? So the goal is for our faith families to stay together and then just keep adding in new students to them. Yes. And then the classrooms that they're assigned depends on how many families we have based on the number of eighth graders because they're the leaders. Right. So the kids are there in that same family as they age up and eventually then graduate. So you're adding new kindergartners or maybe a new student comes in third grade or fifth grade or whichever. But for the teacher, assuming that they stay in the school, say, for 10 years and they start with a faith family, will they also then share that same faith family or will they reconfigure? Will the teachers rotate between years? I think they would stay with the faith family, right? Ideally, they would. We've right. had interruptions. We started it, and then we had to stop, and well, now we're restarting again. COVID, right? This really <laughs> got off yeah. the ground in 2020, early yes. <laughs> 2019, and then it got shut down right after think, that. I mean, truly, like how much of life in so many ways, shallow and extremely deep, was was interrupted when COVID happened. So that's that makes perfect. But the the hope and the belief is that the teacher would be kind of that anchor point of the family, too. And I think that's really exciting. You know, well, there's... And I think a lot of this is going to develop. You know, we, first of all, they had to put it together. We had to see what it looked like. We had to see how it ran, you sure. know, the big kids would go get the little kids and bring them together. Could we get them and, and do our activity in the time frame that we hoped, you know? And, and we're going to start, I think, to see some of the benefits of it and the fruits with other things that'll grow out of it as well. So Amen. there's a lot of just... We're waiting. waiting yeah, amen, Mike. That's great. Well, so Patty, it sounds like you are asked to help the eighth graders learn what they'll do in a given meeting. Is that right? We try to start with a theme. So beginning of the year, getting to know you, icebreakers, that sort of thing. We do sure. something for Catholic Schools Week, obviously for Advent or Lent. And uh, I, my goal is for the eighth graders to own this. And I tell them, I said, this is your Good. family. This is your family. What do you want to do? What kind of th- activities? What kind of projects do you want to do? 
um, something inside, outside, that sort of thing. And I get their feedback, and then we've got two classes of eighth grade, so then I share the, both classes' ideas, and then we come up with some concrete way to do it. And the staff is amazing and that if they don't have a homeroom, we have um, resource people and aides and so forth that'll come and, and run spot, a faith family as yeah, well. Spot a teacher who might be out or they'll assist in some way. And really the teacher is not there to to delegate anything. The teacher is just kind of there to make sure everybody's safe and on task. And typically we have two faith families in each room. And so that teacher is going to just kind of monitor and make sure everything's going okay if they need some supplies or something of that nature. But it's it's basically to get the eighth graders to step up in that that role of responsibility and accountability for these these little family members that they have. Well, when you think about self-control and, and what is it at its root that gives someone the chance to grow in that, certainly some ownership would, would be right at the core of that, right? And then from that is some motivation. I mean, we're we do respond. You know, the Lord, I think, made us that way, that when we're given that responsibility, there can obviously be exceptions. And, you know, there's there's times when someone needs some help along. But in general, we're, we're kind of hardwired to want to meet that responsibility and to even exceed in that. So kudos to giving the eighth graders really the charge to help plan that. What a meaningful thing for them. So, uh, you know, you've given us some examples. So the, you know, getting to know you and the icebreakers, obviously something pertinent for Advent or Lent would be, would be perfect. Do you all have a favorite activity so far? I mean, I understand there's an interruption with COVID, but, and, and you could later edit this. If we could record for days, you might, it might change. But what's something you remember that you really enjoyed seeing the kids do? Well, one thing we always do is we start with a prayer, yes. um, whether they want to lead a rosary or they do a chaplet. But again, put that on the eighth grade, you're going you're to start with a prayer. And it's neat watching them take that mm-hmm. role, take that faith responsibility. Sure. Um, we did a, St. Jude scavenger hunt around the Feast of St. Jude. Oh, and they fun. Were, they were all over the building because we have multiple statues in the building, around the building, and that sort of find that statue. Oh, and neat. some of them really took it to be a kind of scavenger hunt game. Yes. And they gave their faith family members clues. Oh, great. Take six steps to the left and okay. that sort of thing. And they're helping the little ones and counting and that sort of thing. So. And I'm upstairs in the main hallway, which gets to be pretty busy. And there were multiple families trying to go different ways to find whichever statue or painting they had decided they were going to find. And my particular leader of one of the faith families in my room was out in the hallway and she's like, all right, we've got to wait. There's too many people going. So this is what we're going to do. And she had this whole activity for them to do right in line in the hallway. And I thought, self-control, it's perfect. Like she was explaining to them you can't just charge forward. There's two other families trying to cross. Now, that's a whole other level, really. I mean, for this young lady to have that level of maturity and indeed self-control, I mean, I, I'm a firm believer that the eighth graders will rise to the responsibility you're giving them. But for her to have awareness, like, real time, uh-oh, this this plan activity is not going to, like, certainly our teachers are trained for that, and we realize things don't always work, and we shift. But for her as an eighth grader to have that, that is just cool. That's amazing. She might be a future teacher. I, I wonder if that's in her, uh, yeah, you know. could be, huh? I don't know. She <laughs> certainly has the flexibility for it. I uh, tell them have a plan A, B, C, and D just in case. Yes. So yes. They're, they're aware. <laughs> well, and that's another way. Patty, I'm so glad you added that. I mean, really, just listening, I'm, I'm, you're giving me some wonderful ideas, and it's fun to hear it. Where else do we ask them in life? And, and there probably are examples we could find, but I don't think we often get them to think that deeply about leadership, that you're going to need an A, and seriously, you need a B, and that may not be enough, and you need a C and a D, so let's be ready, versus having an opportunity that could be very fruitful, actually missed, right? Because if they didn't have that A, B, C, and D, they would. So this young lady was ready, right? That's pretty phenomenal. Great. 
Well, that sounds fun. I like the St. Jude scavenger hunt. Do you have a sense? I mean, this is not something I envisioned asking you, but how many various, like, what do you think is the total number of statues or paintings that they were looking for? I mean, I've never even thought about that for... Eight? I think six or eight. I was going to sure. say there's quite a few. Well, that's actually probably... Because I, I have the joy of having seen your campus. And so, again, for a listener, you have a building that was originally built. Mike, do you know the year? Roughly? Nin- 1929 was the f- first year of students. Okay. Uh, at St. Jude's. So, and so there yeah. was, I think, at one point, right, a tunnel connecting to the original rectory. Am I remembering that right? R- to, the, to the original convent. Or that convent, was, that was added, rectory, that yes, was added in me. the 50s, right? Yeah, okay. And, uh, right, and you'd go under that tunnel. The sisters, that's how they would come into school. Well, and so just for a listener school. then, right? So, like, the layout of the school is so rich, right? It's It's got, I think, some real character. And, you know, modern school design, um, you know, you might drive by uh, a new construction and it's much more clear, like this hallway is this and this hallway is mm-hmm. this and it's central. But anyway, that, right, that yeah. probably was really hard for them to find. We have we have a very you know, interesting building added on many times over the years. And I always have fun with new families that get a little concerned as I start walking them through and giving them a tour. And I, I remind them that we give all new families a compass yeah, when, they, when they come to ours. Well, I remember well, visiting your kids, school and I needed one. The kids pick up you know? real quick on they it. Do. It's, it's a good. lot of fun. Yeah. Amen. That's great. Well, okay, so this is a related one, but if you think about what your students are taking from it, so the eighth graders are really putting in an awful lot of work planning. Of course, you both are too. Have you heard them maybe share something that they have valued or have you seen them carry something from? Perhaps they, you know, take a conversation home. And I I think that's a unique grace in teaching that we hear sometimes. Well, yeah, you know, we had faith families. I was talking to mom and dad about it. It could look any, any variety of ways, but maybe you see... Um, I think I remembering a school I was in having this and you can see the littles get really excited to see a seventh or an eighth grader in their faith family or even a fifth or four, like, oh, I know you, I, you know, and it creates those bonds across. So I don't know what it looks like for you all, but is there something you've seen, you know, any one child or, or a group take from it that you think is a, a real grace to witness? I know certain eighth graders have become much more aware. There was one uh, I asked the seventh graders to go pick up the younger students who don't know their way around the building mm-hmm. as well and take them to their faith family. And one day a seventh grader forgot, but the eighth grader saw this little person wandering around and took her right back to class. Mm. Wasn't concerned with himself, just saw this little body roaming around and knew yes. she wasn't in the right spot. And and that's uh, heartwarming that they have that wherewithal to look around and see what needs to be done. Sure. What can I do? Right. Where can I step in? And that's what we want them to achieve. That's actually incredible. I mean, I don't, I think the world of our students, I think if they had the, you know, kind of recognition of that, I, I would think any Catholic school student would want to respond to that. But I don't know that we're always set up in a way to have that happen. And so you knowing that one of your eighth graders has actually found a little and reader, like no teacher asking them to, it's probably just a happenstance that you're even aware of it. And, and they would have gone about their day with no one the wiser. But that's the kind of grace that, that's what you're looking for, right? In this faith family is that, that they're internalizing it and living differently as a result. That's got to be a great feeling. How about for the staff? Have you heard of other teachers coming back to you with, you know, it, this can be a variety of ways, actually. It could be, hey, we really like seeing the kids do this. This was fun. But it could be, hey, we love that we're doing it. I have an idea. You know, like that's, that's really fun when you see a program grow and come. To, have you had something on, on either way like that? There has been staff that has approached us and said, oh, this was great. What about this? Or could we incorporate that? Or uh, maybe next time this might be a good idea. So we're always getting ideas and feedback. Um, One of the things I wanted to say that we do is we've gone 
once this year, I think, as together um, as faith families to Mass. Oh, great. Um, and that's just a whole different experience for all of the students that are there because yes. they're sitting with their faith family and then they're going to Mass. And so it's just neat to watch the older kids take on with the younger kids and make sure they're understanding what to do and where to be, especially the little ones that it's sometimes a struggle, especially at the beginning of the year to kind of get used to and acclimated to what to do. Yes. Well, I think it can be for sure. That's beautiful to know you did it that way. And we had an occasion when there was a second grade who was uh, preparing the liturgy. And so their faith family members helped them. It's your turn to go up now. Yes. And walking them back to bring up the offertory. Wow. And so they stepped into those roles. And then it was suggested that we have a faith family plan the liturgy. Yes. So in that, within that core group. Wow. So we would like to possibly end the year with that. So. I mean, again. Here you have eighth graders actually understanding the mass at a deep enough level to know, oh, this is what needs to happen now in the mass. And I'm responsible for helping my, you know, younger faith sibling, so to speak, right? Get to the right place. Right. That's exceptional. It, it's, it's wonderful. It's really neat. And um, after we all, if you want to ever get anybody confused in a <laughs> Catholic community— change their seats at oh, church, yes, of course. you know, and, right. and that's it. And yep. and so they're all in a different spot. And then we thought, what are the little ones going to do at communion time? You know, we, we forgot to think about that, you know, well, sure. to remind There's them. There's always a nuance of trying so something new. I, I don't know if we had any little ones make their first communion that day or not. <laughs> but we were— The Lord know, in His mercy oh, covers all was, of that. It was one of those yes. really, really neat things. But like Patty said, uh, these kids, uh, you know— Take on that responsibility. Like you said, Zach, they rise to it. Uh, and I, I'm a firm believer that, you know, if you, you got to give kids the opportunity to make the right choice. You know, they don't always have the opportunity. Yes, you know, you're sitting right. at a desk all day, taking right. your notes, taking your tests. Sure. But, but to put them out there to do that, uh, I think is a, a wonderful thing. And, you know, as teachers, uh, we all know there's a couple of kids that might be that handful, that squirrely, oh, sure, squirrely yes. one that, uh, and um, you know that so-and-so is going to be the head of a faith family. And you're like, oh no, oh no. But there were so many good compliments. You should have seen Daniel. I couldn't believe how great he was with those little kids. But those kind of things just, just warm your heart for one. And I think it sort of cemented with the staff that, that this is a pretty neat thing. And that's why they kind of all start you know, chipping in a little bit on, on ideas and things like That's that. That's pretty exceptional. And I, I can relate to that, that we, we know in any Catholic school, we believe in the good and we're all made in the image of the Lord, right? So we believe in the goodness of the child. But yeah, we also see if a child's had a struggle for a long time. And so we know that that struggle is real and, and we know that they may be having a hard time enacting that goodness, but giving them the opportunity. My, I love that wording. Like what an what inspiring message. And so you do, and look at what it's done, right? So you have some, you know, young people who have really stepped up. Well, that's great. And well, I, I thought, go ahead, Julie, sorry. I yeah. think for all the students that participate in the faith family, I've noticed just with my third graders, when they come back, the conversations that they're having and the things that they're saying, there's this sense of it was okay to be who they are in their faith family because that barrier or that um, need to impress your peers is removed because yes. you're the only third grader in that faith family. Yes. You don't have a classroom looking to you to see if you're going to be right or if you're going to be wrong. Right. You're the third grader in that family. So you don't have that sense of the class watching you. And it goes 
I, for the littles and the bigs both. Like there's nobody to impress because it's your faith family and you're the only one in that grade yes. that's there. So a lot of times when that is removed, we get to see a different side of students that you don't see in the classroom. I feel this just ecstatic realization of like the the aha there. Like, of course, you know, like we we have the the nature of any school because, you know, it is a public institution. We have to have structure to it, right? So the grades are the structure. And you're absolutely right. I mean, we've all seen that in education, that the peer group sometimes, I mean, can definitely inspire good behavior too, but it can be that that hesitancy and that, oh, I, I don't want my friend to hear what I'm saying. Maybe I'm wrong. And that removal, I mean, Julie, wow, like all my, I have so many cylinders firing right now about like what that could mean for us at St. Vincent's, but what it could just mean for any Catholic school out there listening about, there's a unique goodness you're inviting by offering a different structure, right? And I think right now you're meeting about once a month, you said roughly, right? So that's also a serious investment because it, you know, every instructional minute matters. And the intentionality of that choice, I think, speaks to that mission. I, I like the SPICE acronym. I know I'm going to get it again, slightly off in the, in the wording. But, you know, if you're thinking about, well, what is it that will not only hit the intellectual well-being of the child, that will give them actually a physical thing? I mean, that scavenger hunt really has that, right? So they're, they're on the stairs, they're moving around the building. Absolutely firmly centered on the spiritual well-being and then when you think about their emotional, and C is cultural, right? I want to make sure I'm yes. speaking of it. This is going to hit all of that and give those leadership opportunities. So it's pretty, it's pretty epic in my book. That's awesome. Well, I also wanted to ask you just about, as you think about later this school year or for next year, or really for any future point, are there other activities or things that you're already thinking about planning or certain hopes for the program or just, just as a preview? You know, I think I always had the advice when I was first teaching, you know, you don't try to plan out three weeks later, even if you could, because things change and you have to reteach and assess. So it may not be authentic to think about, well, where do we want to be precisely in time four years from now or something, but just anything that, that excites you about upcoming plans for it. I'm not sure how far out you're looking ahead right now. <laughs> well, I do know we want to have uh, faith family lead the liturgy before the year is out. Oh, good. And we have received some ideas and input from other staff members about possible activities we could do. And um, we want a little more consistency throughout because since COVID, we've kind of been <clears throat> grasping at straws and what are we going to do? And our schedule's changing this way and that way. And so we want to be a little more consistent and build that back in the way we had intended sure. when we initially started. Well, I commend you both because to my knowledge, there's no real, you know, curriculum. There's not really a book you can even go and buy. Um, forget the word curriculum for a minute. I, I really don't think there's anything printed you can go and buy and give to all your teachers and say, here's what you can follow for, you know, your content. It really has to be created or it will be highly disparate and teachers will have a greater comfort level with, it's so interesting, isn't it? Because in a Catholic school, we know we're modeling and directly speaking to the faith, but yet how any one person speaks to that is is unique to their experience. So you will see that disparate, you know, but you both are working on a common plan so that idea of having more cohesion really makes sense. That's great. Well, more power to you and blessings on it. That's that's pretty fun. So, well, I think for our listeners, we always try to tie back to hearing all this goodness. Hopefully it's somewhat evident, but you know, why does this show God? Why does this show the Holy Spirit, right? So we think about the fruits of the Holy Spirit actually are observable signs of the presence of God. And I think that they're they're often overlooked. We have we have so much in our Catholic faith to look on. It's that's one of the actually beautiful things about it because there's any I mean, there's over 10,000 canonized saints. You could spend a lifetime studying the, the faith and still not master. But anyway, so there are observable behaviors of God. So what are you observing? And, and just listening. I mean, I'm thinking about that young lady who probably, if you didn't do this, 
would have found a way to do this in her life, but certainly not in her grade school, where not only is she leading the activity, okay, we're out in the hall now for the, oh, wait, we're not. Okay, I'm going to do this with you instead. That is what self-control looks like. I mean, that is a picture of it. Of course, we have to actually fill it in our minds as this is obviously a podcast, so it's audio only. But, you know, when you think about this, some of the eighth graders who maybe had some hesitancy, well, they actually respond to that. But you have to give them the opportunity to be good. Mike, I'm going to hold that in my heart. I mean, I believe that, but I, I haven't heard it worded quite that. I love it. Like, so if you think about those things, Patty, the first thing you share with the listeners is that this is really something you want the eighth graders to own. That is really a model for why it's self-control. You're really thinking about the motivation and that self-control is showing God back in the goodness they're choosing. It's really inspiring. So I, I hope your once a month bears fruit. You get that cohesion. And if Lord ever has you do more, I, I just hope that continues to be inspiring. You know, I think the, the mass for you all for, for a normal week is mass twice a week for you. That's, yes. that's normally mm-hmm. true in our diocese. So, you know, maybe in time you have um, more masses that are in the faith family format and, and the other gatherings, but however it goes, I, I, hopefully the Lord will just continue to bless you for that. So, well, I thought um, you've already answered this, Mike, already, but for Patty and Julie, just to add in, you've seen this now, obviously with an interruption with COVID, but you've seen it, um, you know, get off the ground and, and get some life. And obviously we don't want to share a name, but just thinking about seeing God's goodness reflected in the choices made by the students. Have you, can you call to mind other students that you've seen grow in their self-control, grow in that leadership, actually stepping up in terms of, here I'm thinking about more quantity. Have you seen that shared among the eighth graders more? I've seen it in the fifth, sixth, and seventh graders because they know that their role is going to change next year. Sure. And uh, the seventh graders are aware that they're going to need to step up and have some ownership and look at some activities that maybe didn't go as well and what could you do differently. And we'll have different themes. They'll have different ideas. It's not going to be the set thing every year, every month and that sort of thing. But they're getting some ideas about what works and what doesn't, how to interact with these younger ones. I'm seeing some fifth graders really step up and help the little ones with their ideas and their crafts. And the sixth graders, uh, some of the sixth graders I've had to elicit to go, you go get your little kindergartner because they don't know where this room is. So the sixth graders have already started, some of them. So they're, they're seeing where this where their future will be in the families. There's something in leadership thought that it's worded in, in a lot of different ways, but just the general idea that if a leader is really centered on the Lord well, uh, he or she can really lift up all, right? And, and that's what I was thinking about when I was listening to that, because where does a fourth, fifth, third grader even, I'm, I'm wondering, too, I'm going to ask you one question on the third graders in just a moment, but where do they have that opportunity to not only be lifted up by their older peers, right? And maybe not peer, but older uh, faith siblings, but then they can also share in that for the younger. And that, that's what I wanted to ask you about, Julie, is that, you know, a third grader really can be a meaningful guide to a kindergartner, you know, or even a first or a second grader. Have you ever heard, like, I'm thinking maybe after one of the faith family meetings and you get your third graders back, do you hear them talking about helping some of the youngers still, or are they still more working with what the eighth graders and seventh graders are asking them to do? No, there's very much a balance of some of them in their faith families are, oh, I was with the kindergartner today and I had to help do this or that. or yes. My my faith family leader paired us up and I was with whatever grade. And even in my classroom, the two faith families that meet, they had a um, trivia game that they mm. played that one of the eighth graders had created. And there was a little kindergartner that just was not into this game at all. And so then the eighth grader had kind of tried, but was trying to run the game. And so then the fifth grader went over and finally it was the second grader that said, you know what, let's just be partners and we'll answer this together because I think we can beat them. Nice. And that was all it took. Yes. 
Yeah, you know, competition can be a great motivator, right? I mean, when it's in that context and done with such positivity, way to go to the second grader. That's awesome. <laughs> That's really, I mean, just there you go. Real-time leadership opportunity they wouldn't have had uh, otherwise. And that that does show self-control for the second grader, right? And, it, you know, I think there's a lot of times as a second grader, we may overlook their opportunity to choose the good, but they have that too, right? So that's awesome. Thank you. Well, okay. So one thing we do to kind of close out every show is just some tips for family life. Because again, if a listener is around the country, um, one tip I would give them is come check out St. Jude's and, and learn about the great good there and look at the faith families, right? But if they're living, you know, wherever else, that that won't be real. So um, I wanted to connect to last week because we started to explore in the show that idea of can we actually teach self-control? And so Listeners, if you didn't catch last week with Bishop Dwinger, check that out because they're doing the same type of concept, but with virtue equals strength, which is, you know, another um, way of growing our faith and speaking of that. But anyway, some tips uh, here just to add one, especially the embedded how within family life. And, you know, there's a call within family life to responsibility. And this, this kind of gets more to Catholic social teaching, and we would need another episode to really dive into that. However, um, just thinking about responsibility and what it can do the goodness of the young people. That's what this episode has been about. You have invited them to deeper responsibility at every level, even the second grader, right? With the kindergartner we just talked about. And that's something really exciting about family life. Because, you know, last last week, uh, if you happen to catch that, we were talking about some tips of what a family might do in order to enact self-control opportunities. But this is more about the how. So where is that opportunity within family life to give that greater responsibility? Um, and so I would just invite, um, if any of you have tips for moms or dads, please share them too. But Sometimes I think for moms and dads, if we have young children, uh, my own children are pretty young yet. Okay, we think, well, I'm going to pray with my kids, which of course I, I want to do. And I'm, I'm thrilled when we do that. But ours are starting to get a little bit older now. And, and just to get old enough to say, you lead the next decade of the rosary, right? Or you lead this prayer. Some of that, how, it can be easy to overlook. So even at ages five or six, um, there might be an opportunity for that five or six-year-old to help a younger sibling you know, to get a coat down off of a hook, even something that basic is an opportunity for goodness or, well, you know, they can't reach their drink now. We'll go get them their drink, you know, or the drink cup ran out of the water or the milk. We'll go fill it up for them, you know, and maybe a five-year-old can't pour the gallon of milk, but maybe they can get to the sink and do the water, right? So there's a tip anyway of just looking at the how within family life and can you add within your family as a mother or father more responsibility, even if your kids are young, Certainly if they're older, you can add a lot of chores, right? I don't know uh, I don't know your experience there. My own, gosh, my mom and dad uh, get credit for the chore life, that's for sure, but that's all right. Um, so I just think for Julie, Patty, Mike, anything that you've shared with your faith families at school, is there any other tip if you were talking to a, a mom or a dad listening around the country and they were interested in something like this, is there something that you would tell them to help them get it off the ground. You know, I mean, you you both had a real passion for this. And Mike, you were obviously very supportive and, and excited for it. So I think the Holy Spirit helped get it off the ground. But, you know, if they were I looking agree. to get it started, what what kind of thing would they maybe need to do as a next step? I think you need to ask. Uh, just by virtue of asking, you're going to plant a seed or you're going to open up a conversation. Yes. Um, and the worst anybody can say is, no, that's not going to work. And so then right. you go at it a different way. Yes. Amen. And I think the effort for planning, you know, is there a certain grace you've received in that? Because you are both willing to put in, I am sure, a, a very difficult number to count of hours needed, because it is a lot of work to make sure the content's meaningful. Where would they go to, I mean, you probably just draw on your own practice of the faith and, and think about the liturgical season we're in. Clearly, you've talked about that, Advent and Lent. But 
ask first is is great, and then just is there is there a tip on content? Do you think are you drawing mainly on the liturgical season? Do you, would you say? I would say that's a big part of it, and um, I know when we first started, there were four or five teachers that were together, and we just brainstormed, and then COVID, and so sure, of course, we're gonna put that lull. Uh, opportunity out again because we have been approached with some other staff members who had ideas. Well, right. why don't you bring the ideas and then I can throw a few out at the eighth graders. Do you like any of these? Do you like any of these? We did have an, an occasion there where we had some I different ideas and, well, they didn't like this one and one group liked this one and one didn't. I said, well, we can't have all these different right. array of right. things. Let's let's try to center in on something. And and they came up with something. Oh, that's beautiful. So. That's great. Well, two uh, two tips then indeed, right? Ask, number one, amen. That's great. But I think that original brainstorming kind of shows the Catholic staff in a Catholic school can operate as a family too and get together and really work on that. So that's beautiful. Yeah. Well, we are going to close with prayer and we just ask the Lord's blessing as we do that over our listeners and of course over St. Jude's. Um, and listeners, we really do appreciate you tuning in this week. So let's go ahead now and close with that prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. God, we do ask your blessing on St. Jude's Catholic School here in Fort Wayne. Please fill their school with their faith families, with your goodness and with that self-control. And we also ask Lord for your blessing on all our listeners. May as they hear this prayer offered for them, may they encounter your goodness and love in their day. May self-control as they seek it for themselves or for their families grow. And Lord, we praise you for the opportunity always to grow closer to you and grow with you. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, Patty, Julie, Mike, we can't thank you enough. God bless you in your school. Listeners, God bless you. Thank you all, all right. so much yeah, for coming thanks on. Thanks for having us, Zach. Appreciate it. We appreciate it. Tune in next week for more Spirit in the Schools. You've been listening to Spirit in the Schools. Zach Coyle has been your producer and host. This episode was edited by Tony Marks. And for more information, go to spokestreet.com slash spirit. Spirit in the Schools. This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit Spokestreet.com.